podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. The one-each draw with Rangers at Celtic Park leaves Celtic fully in the Scottish Premiership driving seat with a lead of six points in just three games left to play. Fair play to Rangers though, who won the inaugural We Had a Decent Spell in the Second Half Trophy and sure that's winging its way over to the south side as we speak. This is episode 67 of the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino and this week I'm joined by James and Parry to cover all things Celtic. James, it was a game Rangers had to win but couldn't, what's your take on where that now leaves us? That's just it, you know, draws a good result for us, terrible result for them, um, and that's how it panned out. I thought we were pretty strong for the first 60 minutes, Rangers only seemed to come at us for you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, and you know, talking to Paddy just before we came on air there, I, I felt that if they'd showed that the energy of the, that they closed the game with from the start, they wouldn't have finished it, so they'd have puffed themselves out at half time. So that, they seemed to be their game plan to get as far into the game as they could, and then the energy so I thought we were really strong and well worthy of the draw Yeah Paris Celtic extended their unbeaten league run to 29 games not bad for such an average side <laughs> uh, Average side it's uh, now 6 points still still 6 points ahead and we're just about to, to clinch this title absolutely um, they were <clears throat> they were solid yesterday um, I think that obviously it got a bit nervy near the end um, and rightly so Rangers getting equaliser their tails were up and kind of what James is uh, touching on there, the reserves kind of kicked in um, and basically knowing that this is the last throw of the dice for trying to win that league. Um, so yeah, we we dealt with it well. We've got a good keeper for a reason. They pulled off some very good saves. Um, and I just thought, like, as a whole, we didn't play our best game yesterday. I just think that we were just solid enough, though, just to make sure that we weren't going to lose the game. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, it was a bit deflating I think come the end of the 90 minutes but in hindsight and, and being able to sit and reflect about it all now after everything this team has given us this season I'm not complaining at all yeah I think so I think when you take a, a step back you know out with the you know the detail and the the drama of the 90 minutes you take a step back and look at it it's absolutely fine you could look at it in a couple of ways had we drawn at Ibrox a number of weeks ago and then won yesterday you end up in the exact same position as you are today. So, you know, that's that's the, right. the difference or not. Even just looking at the last three games against Rangers in the league, Celtic, seven points, Rangers, one, one. point. That's the difference. Um, what we'll do, we'll look at Sunday's game in a bit more detail here and we can then assess what it does all mean in the bigger picture a bit later in the show. James, your thoughts, first of all, on the lineup and the opening exchanges? Yeah, only one potentially you would describe as a surprise was O'Reilly for Rogic. Rogic likes this tie. Um, I think they're getting to be much of a muchness and I think they've both got important summers ahead of them to, you know, rehabilitate, improve, you know, learn the system better, all that stuff. Um, and the only other one was a bit of debate amongst ourselves between Jack and Max and Kugo. The rest of the team picked itself, so mm. there wasn't too much to talk about there. Yeah. Paddy, what about the midfield? I know you've got certain thoughts on O'Reilly, which mm. we'll maybe get to. Um, and Hatati. Hatati's been spoken about, you know, in the last couple of weeks by us in various other shows because he himself has puffed it and he's, and he's put the paws up and said, uh, you know, I'm tired here. And it showed he didn't have a great game. I think he's a, a brilliant talent. I think he's going to be brilliant. Uh, you know, we've talked last week about the benefits of him and various others getting a full pre-season under Ange and, and a rest as well, you know, at some point. 
But at the moment he is tired and I would suggest he needs taken out the firing line at this moment in time. But what's your thoughts on him and O'Reilly? So I think with Hattati, I think you're spot on. Um, I think now that we're possibly going to see see things through um, in the next coming coming weeks to give him a bit of a rest. Yeah, that's fine. If he wants, if he feels fit and ready enough to play, then he should be in the team. Absolutely. I think he's a very good player. I do think a full pre-season for him is going to be a huge benefit. Um, I, I also was finding out yesterday he's, he's not played a full season of football in his career. And I think everything has kind of came quite quickly to him. Um, and especially this, the, the, the pace of the game here, I think is possibly a lot quicker. It's a lot, a lot more frantic, a Scottish game of football, in my opinion. And I just think, yeah, these things will come to a player like Atati. Um Technically, we know how good he can be. Um, but yeah, he definitely looks jaded and definitely well in need of a rest. Mm-hmm. Um, we, are, we were kind of talking just before we come on about Matt O'Reilly. And, I'm, you know, I'm happy to be proven wrong with these things. My worry with, with O'Reilly is, is that I think he's very clever. I think yeah, there's definitely a, a good footballer there. I'm just worried if he's quick enough. I just, I don't know if he's got the the engine, that, that, that maybe that cut above to break, break down a midfield like what we're up against yesterday um for me it's all good saying that these guys are going to do well against the league but we've spoke about it this uh, this year about how good it would be to see his progress in europe and i don't know if o'reilly's the type of player that unlocks defenses unlocks midfields when it's probably a higher like higher tempo a very good quality of like opposition most times when you're playing in europe I'm not entirely sure if he's the guy who's going to do that for us. I'm happy to be proven wrong though. Yeah, it's an interesting point. You know, it's valid. We've obviously not seen too much of O'Reilly. You know, we've seen flashes flashes of brilliance, mm-hmm. flashes mm-hmm. of stuff where he maybe looks a wee bit off it as well. Um, again, it goes back to the fact that James, he, he will be a far better version of himself once he's had that, you know, time to bed in, that pre-season work. He's only been a Celtic player for a few months. It's a very short space yeah. of time. Um, he's 21 years of age as well. You know, he's still developing. He's still finding his feet. He took that risky move to to leave Fulham in the Championship to go to MK Dons in League One. So he, you know, like like Hattati, who's, a, you know, two to three years older, still in the early stages of, of, of you know, his senior footballing career. And valid points by Paddy. I do think he'll come good and I think we'll see the best of Matt really as we move into next year. That, that's my take on it. It's very early doors, I would say. I, I agree with Paddy's points. I think there's a lot of development uh, ahead of him. Um, but it's early doors. Um, what I'd like to see from him and other players, we need to be careful this doesn't become you know, part of the team culture is, like McGregor goes into tackles, other players aren't. O'Reilly's a wee bit like that. He's maybe not going in quite as committed as he, as he could. Maeda scores a goal if he's committed on that one at the end of the first mm-hmm. half. You know, th- things mm-hmm. like that. And just watching that doesn't become cultural. If you're going to get hurt, get hurt, but don't pull out it, you know. So there's a, there's a bit of that as well. But mostly with O'Reilly, it's development on his football skills and developing the system. But yeah, I think there's there's definitely talent there to, to, to be seen. Yeah. And Paddy made the good point. There's a frantic nature about the game in Scottish football. And that can take time to adapt to and to adjust to. Because it's one thing having the ability and the, you know, the technical ability and the skill. But if previously you were getting two, three, four seconds in the ball yeah. and now you're getting... 0.5 yeah, seconds before somebody's snapping at you. It can make a difference to your game and that can take a bit of time. But there's no doubt, Hattati and O'Reilly, seriously talented lads. So let's hope that they can kick on and take things to new levels next season. Going back to the game itself. So obviously Celtic take the lead in the 21st minute. It's a very well-worked goal. Uh, Taylor doing well again. Yeah. Riff will be pleased. Uh, finds Maida in good space. I thought he'd done particularly well against Goldson. You know, found his feet, dropped the shoulder, just got the yard past him. 
and fires over a very inviting cross and it's a tidy finish by Jota. Ah, it's lovely and yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, I think Maeda definitely came in inside a lot more than what Jota was doing um, at the other side, which nothing against Jota. Jota was one of our best players yesterday. I just liked how Maeda was kind of, he had golden thinking quite a lot yeah. because not only were they trying to like deal with Kyogo, they, were, they knew that um, he basically Maeda was coming in between Tavernier and and Goldson, it was it was a bit bit of a headache for them. Um, I th- also thought after, like you say, a lovely finish for Jota, thought it was very clever from us straight away to switch the two of them. Immediately, over. Yeah. I, yeah. And I thought, right, it's giving them a new headache in a sense. You know what what what, what we're trying to, in a sense, our last five to ten minutes of the game, uh, the first half, we're trying to push for the second. I think we should have got it. Yeah. Um, I, I generally, I think what I was kind of talking about earlier on is that a bit more risk taking for the team yesterday and a bit more clinical. Um, we, we, we run away with that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just kind of the, the the way the game went for me in the first 60 minutes like we were talking about. Um, but it's very refreshing to see Jota kind of finally show up against him in a sense. Yeah. I thought he was yeah. very, very good yesterday. He was and he picked up man of the match and I think it was just puzzling that people were questioning him after a poor game at Hamden. He did have a poor game but you cannot look at him across the, the context of this whole season yeah. and say that guy's not a serious talent. Interesting how uh, similar that goal was to Abada's goal yeah. at Celtic Park in February. Can't remember who it was, but one of the players has been out speaking recently saying that that's something they absolutely work on, mm-hmm. kind of ghosting in, you know, the kind of blind side of the left back. We nearly get caught in our own way yeah, uh, yeah, through Ralston, Kent yeah. coming in on Ralston, Ralston dreaming a wee bit. But to Paddy's point, James, after we've taken the lead, we've had a few big chances. Maeda's header before the break's the biggest one. He's bottled that. Right. Yeah, he has, eh? he's, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's thought twice about the goalkeeper coming out. Jota's had a great chance with the header. Yes. Uh, Hatati's curled it across him. He could have chested it. I think he should have I taken think, it down. I thought he was being you know, a wee bit kind of cheeky in a nice way, just uh, saying, I'll just take it early and catch the goalie off po- guard. Possibly. Got it all wrong, can I? Can I get it on target? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Be cheeky by putting it in the net of your head. Yeah. Um, and Kyogo could have done better. He was flagged offside, but you know the one I'm talking about where yeah. Maeda finds himself in space. You can't be offside from that. You're looking right across the line. You shouldn't just be offside. And he's missed the chance as well, but that's the last I'll ever criticise Kyogo. <laughs> today. Did you see how happy he was last night with his awards? I've just seen uh, pictures uh, and I've not seen any food. Delighted. Brilliant. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to all the award stuff in a wee bit as well. <laughs> but the bottom line is, and as Paddy says there, James, you put those chances to bed, it's a completely different game. 2-0 at half time, dare I say 3-0 at half time, it's absolutely all over. But like any team at any level of football, if you find yourself still in the game, an hour gone, whatever, you know, I think Rangers scored kind of 20, 25 minutes to go. You get that wee bit of hope and that's what's led to that, but Celtic could and should have put it to bed earlier. Yeah, even in the first half of the second half, you know, with, with, with chances to finish it off, one goal's never enough, like you say, and yeah, we need to be more clinical and that's something to work on in the summer. Um, don't necessarily think it's a, a personal issue, personnel issue, more just working in the system, knowing where each other are. You know, even the team that went out yesterday, those guys have had disruptions to their play between injuries and, and all sorts throughout the season. So it's not like we've been playing nine months together with that you know, first 11. So there's a lot more to come in this summer and I'm looking forward to seeing what Ange does both in terms of personnel and you know drilling the system into the guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Paddy, um, as we've discussed, Rangers did come out, you know, certainly for the second half of the second half, you know, the, the latter stages, the last 20, 25 minutes, they got their goal, as I say, Sakala, 20 odd minutes to go. Um we were sluggish. What do you put that down to? Do you think that was more a, a mental thing, maybe a wee bit of nerves kicking in or what's your explanation for it? Yeah, I think the full 90, um, across the full 90 minutes yesterday, I think we were just a, a little bit nervy. Um, 
I kind of think it comes from a lot. I've said this before in the show. A lot of these guys, you know, that are new to the team, they've not all won trophies. They've not all seen a full season out. And I think that, you know, once they learn that that's what's required here and that's what the fans are wanting and, and they, they start to learn how to properly deal with the pressure that starts to show in their performances I think yesterday I just thought it was just a bit more like we've been winning this we're going to win it we're going to win it and then when the goal came it sucked the energy right out of them and I thought they thought right let's just let's just settle for the draw two or three of them were still wanting to go for the win Joe Hart was very <laughs> quick off the mark and everything. but that, that's the winner that's what I'm talking it's, about that's yeah, the guy the that's psyche, yeah. the psyche he wants to kind of keep the, the, the game going but a few of them were quite just like let's let's take it easy. A lot of the time, we were, when we had the ball in the last twenty five minutes, we were we were playing it back and recycling it a lot more than when we were doing in the first half. Mm. I think Stafford was starting to obstruct Hart at goal kicks. <laughs> <laughs> he like <laughs> slow down, <laughs> try to block it, standing uh, a couple of yards in front of it. It was interesting. Joe Hart was interviewed after the game. He speaks very well. You know, they asked him about you know how good would it be to win a league title, and he says. We'll maybe speak about that in the next couple of weeks. You know, he wasn't he wasn't entertaining that at all, which was good. Um, but he also said that we don't play to draw, we play to win, and that's it. So you know, one each, and and all the players across the board, they're not thinking about one each. They're thinking, even though you know Rangers have missed a couple of chances and come very close, we're thinking, right, that's done. How can we move on? What I thought was really interesting on that note, actually. So we talked about Tony Ralston sleeping a wee bit to let Ryan Kent in the first half. Mm -hmm. I seen that back earlier today, just watching the highlights. So. As we know, Kent comes in blindside and, and executes it wrongly and it goes by the post. As soon as it go, goes by the post, Carter Vickers is looking to berate Ralston, you know, to have odd with him about what he's doing. Aye. Ralston's automatically thinking about how can I get out he's quickly away. to receive yeah. that second yeah, yeah, pass. Yeah. So he's made the mistake, he knows that, but somewhere in his head he's went, that's done, done. what's next? And I thought it was quite impressive from a mm -hmm. mental point of view and I think that's what's happening across the board because Rangers had chances and half chances in that second half and Hart and that aren't doing the whole... That was lucky there. <laughs> They're just doing get the ball Let's down. Again, can right? we move again? Spot on. I, I totally agree with what you're saying there. I don't think all of them were switched on enough yesterday to do that though. And you I need think, all of them. Yeah, yeah. And I thought like, sometimes when goal kicks, we were quite slow in setting up yeah. and, and bringing it out. Just a bit more urgency probably required. Um, again, I, I, I'm not having a go at this team at all uh, after the season they've given us. It's just one of those ones you kind of you kind of caught what Rangers were trying to do. Just basically get into the right areas at every goal kick. They were quick off the mark and doing it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was kind of pulling us back and stopping us from playing a normal game, you know. But again, we learn from this. We yeah. just learn from it and, and make sure it's it's done right the next time. You win or you learn, Paddy. That's, you that's you the deal. Right. But I think you're right. I think, you know, if we are doing this quick response, by kicks getting taken immediately, free kicks getting done sharp, you need 11 bodies knowing that that's sure. happening. You yeah. can't have anyone doing their laces or, or fixing their socks. Everyone needs to be switched on at any time, you know, across the game. Um, Paddy mentioned, James, the pressure that, that maybe got to a couple of players. Did you feel that? Do you think one or two of them maybe struggled a wee bit given the, the situation? I, I don't know. I, I think it was more just, they've put an awful lot into the season and there's maybe a wee bit of, you know, mental exhaustion creeping in. And it's, you know, the, the atmosphere coming into the game yesterday was one of anticipation. So... Mm -hmm. Maybe it was a bit of a shock to the system. I wouldn't say the players would be falling into that kind of mindset, but as you said, you know, we're running this, we're running this, and then we're drawing this, and maybe just sets a wee bit of panic in. But I don't think they, they buckled under pressure because when Rangers came at them and they threw everything they had at us in the last 20 minutes and they didn't score any more goals. So mm -hmm. whatever pressure was there, they soaked it up and dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. 
Paddy, just coming to you as a goalkeeper and a fishy and adult, a um, couple of folk have suggested, the cliche is that a goalie shouldn't get beat, he's near post. I've watched it back a few times. I just think it's a really decent strike at pace in a good area. What is your take on it? I should say that. Oh, aye. 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 really? I think, I really, like, and I, I do. I, we, were kinda, we were kind of talking um, before we came on here, and it's one of those ones. It's He's quite an unpredictable player, Sakala. And I'm so wondering if he's generally meant to put it in that near post. Like, do, do you know what I mean? He's just I, I know exactly what you mean. Hit and hope, I think. Yeah. And it, it's possibly Joe Hart is may, maybe using his experience and reading, right, he's going to come across me or... But yeah, I think you need to get down for that. Yeah. Very, yeah. He was very close as well. He mm -hmm. was. He was. Like, yeah. He should be there. Yeah, opinion. I mean, I spent a bit of time last week talking about how rank rotten Sakala is. And <laughs> I stand by that. <laughs> I think from a striking point of view, though, all he's done is he's got the head over it, got some pace and some power on it and hit target. And that's all he should be doing. Any decent striker will tell you to go across the goalie there. Mm. And if you're doing things by the book, that's where he should have put it. That's yeah. maybe where he tried to put it. I'm not going to knock his goal right. He's a decent striker, all that kind of stuff. Just try to cover myself really for last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do think it's come at Joe Hart from, I don't know, at an angle, maybe 10 yards, very fast. And he maybe he's got a foot the wrong side, but it all happens very quickly. But it's, I mean, what do you think, James? Is it I, I was with you. I, I take, you know, Paddy's goalkeeping union credentials very seriously, <laughs> but as you, you know, he's, he's covered it well, if not perfectly. He's got a lot of things to think about. I think initially as well, it's Ralston and Carter Bickers look at themselves a wee bit uh, mixed up in terms of who should be covering who and stuff. They didn't quite sort themselves <coughs> out there, which let, you know, Sakala in and go, but he just closed his eyes and leathered it and there you go. You know? <laughs> 100%. 100%. I think, I was, yeah. what, what I was saying as well, just, you don't know what his weak foot is. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of the players like, you don't both know, his weak foot. Aye, aye. <laughs> you don't yeah. know what his stronger foot is. Got, kind of, back on what we are saying earlier on, if they think he's the striker for next season, please. Aye. Brilliant. I think he could hit that shot a hundred times <laughs> and one of them would have went where it went on Sunday. So anyway, we'll move on to that. Um, Celtic have made a triple sub just about the hour mark, Paddy, as they often do. They certainly tend to make changes at that time, if not three at the, the same time. Mm -hmm. Hatati, O'Reilly and Kyogo go off. Rodic, Beaton and Giacomakis come on. What did you think of those changes and the impact they had? I, um, uh, Johnny, who I sit next to, had said that's the three players they wanted off and the three players they wanted on. Uh, I think most in the stadium were thinking the same. Um, what Johnny says goes. Johnny mm -hmm. says goes. I think he's got a direct line to, to Ange. Um, no, the, I thought all three come on and, you know, get stuck in. It's a very fast pace to catch up with, um, the, the type of games. And I just thought that they, they, they bedded in fairly quickly. A um, couple of great touches for Tam for the get-go. And I, I just thought, I, I wasn't disappointed with Kyogo starting yesterday. I wasn't, I was happy that he started him and I would have been happy if Gigi started as well. I thought he was really, really good when he came Great. on. He bullied Goldson, Aye. bullied him. Um, his booking's very harsh. That, that took him out of the game? Aye, it did, it did. I, I, I don't, don't really know what, what for, to be he's, honest. He's getting filled all over the place and he gets the booking. Yeah, but I just thought that, that was another thing for them to think about. Before they got their equaliser, I thought, well, we're going to go and get the second mm -hmm. when the three players came on. Um, and yeah, just been one, two, three passes goal from them, which is, that's yeah, a sucker punch, absolutely. But I still think that Giacomacchus is very clever. So when we were trying to obviously play from the back, a couple of times Hart decided, right, I'm, I'm playing it along with the big man because he, he did, he had the, the better of them. Yeah. And there's yeah. that one, he, he get manhandled down to the ground and he still got the pass. Um, I think it was a badder maybe running on it. I'm yeah. not entirely sure, but just I, I thought that that's 
that's what we kind of needed at that point in the game. And I thought mm. he'd done very well. It's food for thought because people were suggesting that would have been the move. I, I banged the drum for Kyogo and I think mm -hmm. it was right to start Kyogo. But I think you could see from Jack Amakis' introduction, he just gives him a completely different Aye. headache altogether. Goldson had a relatively trouble-free day, you know, up until that point. And then when Jack Amakis came on, he just ragged all them yeah, several times and, yeah. and caused them all sorts of grief. And definitely gives Anja a call to make, you know, for the, the next one, whenever that may be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in... You know, looking at it retrospectively, Jack Amakis had more success uh, against the backline than Kyogo did. So, in my opinion, I would have, I would have started Jack Amakis because he showed what he did just for that that half hour, and we'd have, we'd have seen more from him, but for his booking as well. Mm. Me and some of the boys were talking about it yesterday on this one. So, I would have liked to have seen either a Jack if Jack Amakis started, maybe O'Reilly alongside him. And if Kyogo got not up, up front with him, but along as like the the feeder. the aye, the feeder, and then the other way about with Kyogo and Rogic, because I think what Kyogo needs is a player a, a, a ball through him. Mm -hmm. It's not he's not going to take it in the chest and bring it. And although he did do okay against Barisic at one point, uh, sorry Barisic, mm -hmm. um, but I just think that Kyogo's looking to run on to to, to good passes, and that's where I thought maybe O'Reilly was just a wee bit slow yesterday. And like I say, McGregor wasn't able to do much because he was covering for Hattati at points. Mm -hmm. And that final ball through to Kyogo was pretty much non-existent for yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um, whereas, yeah, I just think maybe O'Reilly and Jack Marcus possibly have a strong partnership um, if, if the two of them had started as well. What a great dilemma to be in, but, like, in that sense. Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah, I think you're right, Paddy. We've spoken across the season now about the various runs that Kyogo has made and not been found mm -hmm. yet, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it remains to be seen who will go on to find them, you know, in the next few games and in the next season. It continued to happen yesterday. You, you see it at the game, you know, you've got a vantage point where you can see the run by Kyogo. You glance up and you go, yeah. if we can find him, he's in. Yeah. And we've just not had that killer pass. And I'm sure that's something they'll continue to work on in yeah. terms of getting it through. Uh, regarding Kyogo versus Giacomakis, they are polar opposites at players, yeah, but absolutely. both very good at each aye, side of the scale. Aye. You know, Jack Amakis does his physical thing and goal-grabbing thing very well. Hugo's got the finesse and the pace and the runs and what a nice problem to have moving into next season. Well, we've got two very good strikers, absolutely. Do we need a third? I was just going to say, I thought to come Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We play a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Is there someone to come in who's maybe not an out-and-out -out striker but can play the number nine role? Bio, he's not an out-and-out -out striker. <sighs> Get the bio back. Uh, bring him home. home. <laughs> somebody who's you know, a bit of versatility can you know, play striker or, or winger, can I think? Mm -hmm. Gives a bit more cover in that regard. Yeah, because I think we've seen that Maeda isn't a striker. Maeda's yeah. a lot of things and he offers a lot of problems, but you know, being a front man isn't his thing. He, he's missed another good chance, by the way, in the second ah, half. He went over the bar. Um, and an out and out striker, a number nine, he certainly has his target, but I think it's the head over yeah. it. Um, James, you made the point earlier on, it, it was all on Rangers to throw the kitchen sink at us on Sunday. And a one-each draw is just about as, as much as they could muster. So you've seen the chat, I'm sure, just some of the general chat online about how, you know, Rangers have gifted us a title and different things. The onus is on them to get three points yesterday. The onus is on them to beat us at Ibrox. The onus is on them not to get pumped 3-0 by us at Celtic Park in February. Yeah. So I'm not sure how this can be, you know, Celtic's fault or this, this has been gifted to Celtic in any way. This is how league titles go. Um, I don't think there's any doubt at all that Celtic are the best side in the country. And James, if you're not sure what metric to gauge this by, there's a handy wee thing called the league table. <laughs> really, really useful piece of kit. You'll get it on a lot of websites. Uh, this will tell you the following. Celtic are top scorers in the league with 81 scored versus Rangers 71. 10 goals of a difference. Celtic have conceded the least goals in the league with 20 conceded versus Rangers 29. We lead the league by six points with 86 points versus Rangers tally of 80. 
In addition to that, we've got six players in the PFA Team of the Year. Our captain, Callum McGregor, is the PFA Player of the Year. Our manager, Ange Postacoglu, is the PFA Manager of the Year. Leah Labada is PFA Young Player of the Year. And just for fun, Tom Rodgers got goal of the season for his Maisie against Dundee United back in early December. Paddy, your thoughts? Uh, Rangers should have won everything. Aye, clearly biased <laughs> the judges. Aye. Clearly, Aye. do you know no. what I mean? But the, all these things, I'm you know I'm jesting and stuff, but all these things are an indicator of the strongest team in the country, and it's not in doubt. No, I mean it's just sour grapes because you know we spoke about it a few weeks ago that they didn't see this coming at all. No, they thought this was two in a row or two ever, all that kind of stuff. Um, they just didn't think we were going to come and steal a march on them, and we have. You know, even the the you know the, the recent swing, not. Talking about the whole season, but the swing from seven points behind to six points ahead. That's our hard work. That's our consistency that's got us there. It's not, you know, nothing was gifted to us. We've taken everything we had to take. Yeah, exactly that. The league table doesn't lie, Paddy. Um, I've mentioned the various PFA awards there as well. These are voted for by the, the fellow professionals, the Professional Football Association. So it's not just guys like us saying Celtic are the best, all right? Because we said it, Celtic are the best. It's the guys who play against them week in, week out that are making I, these calls. I, I, I mean, like, it's, it's, a huge testament to to everyone at Celtic for for where we we are this season for us to go and pick up those accolades as well. Um, the most important ones, obviously, we know is the league, um, but to to get that recognition and to kind of put it up against the questions that people are asking about this team is just even better. You know, it's it's a nice addition. Yeah, it's easy, James, as a football fan, isn't it? Either when you're winning or losing, to get caught up in a ninety minutes and to look at that, you mentioned. Uh, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but you know the recency bias effect that Rangers did finish the game stronger. Therefore, when the whistle goes, it's like we were so much better than them. It's absolutely a cliched game of two halves. Mm-hmm. You know, we should have went in two, maybe three nil up at half time. We've had chances in the second half. I mentioned Maeda's, and therefore, when the whistle goes, you know, after such a game, it's easy for people to jump online and say. We're the best, so we're aye, we, we battered you, you know, because you a strong 20 minutes. It wasn't a game of two halves, it was a game of two thirds and a third, you know. So <laughs> that's not a cliche, I remember. <laughs> it's a good book. You know, we, we, did, we dominated it for two thirds of the game and they came on strong at the end, so that, that was a bit yeah. it. So, nah, that just uh, wise up. Yeah, I just think Celtic are doing a very good job of kidding on to be the best team in the country. Aye, so, aye. We'll got us all filled. Um, out with the, the PFA Awards, Paddy, Celtic had their own awards last night. So um, again, similar story in terms of the winners. Callum McGregor won Player of the Year, so that's voted for by the fans, as well as Players Player of the Year. And that's an interesting one because that's the one a player wants to win, isn't it? It's it's the ultimate accolade to to get that recognition from your, your fellow teammates. It's just a massive testament to, again, Callum McGregor, who has brought every single new signing in and those that have been still involved in the club and brought them all together for this season and what a fight they've put in um, we've still kind of we've obviously what three games to go now and it's just they're all playing for each other we can definitely see that we speak about um, sometimes like we could maybe be a bit more aggressive we could maybe kind of try and like um, like dictate the game in another way and kind of get up in people's faces some fans still kind of like that but I generally think that this team has played football this season and that's why we are where we are. And it's been great to watch. I just think we've been a joy. Every game we've seen is just, you know, a, a new style that we're, we're, we're really, really appreciating under this manager. But everything starts from McGregor for me. It's, it's mm. just, he's been so influential. And we spoke about how much we missed him in September mm-hmm. last year. 
and just the run of it on since he's come back. It's just uh, just shows you how good yeah. he is, how important he is. You could even see the the three 0 getting him back for the three 0 at Parkhead in the start of February there. Mm-hmm. Rangers, Aye. that was huge. What a lift I gave everyone in the stadium. Never mind his teammates. And we went on and blew them away. And that was you know, largely for me because McGregor got myself back into the Aye. first living. Yeah. On that note, James, do you agree with the award then, Player of the Year and Player's Player? Well, not, not that you've got a saying Player's Player, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they they, they nah, don't I'll give you a chance I'm, at that I'm one. starting to let that pipe dream go. I don't think it's going to happen yeah, for we've me. We've got you know? Jota's vote. We've got, hey, have we got James's vote. Do <laughs> um, you agree with Player of the Year, though? He was my pick for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, no doubt. Yeah. Um, no, there's other contenders, of course, yeah. but he was head and shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Kyogo, uh, Gets the top scorer award. I always do find that funny with a few games to go. I think Jack Amakis has got 13, Kyogo right. 17. But Kyogo gets top scorer um, and he's also got goal of the season for the, the League Cup final winner against Tibbs, the second goal against Tibbs. You agree with that one? I picked... Uh, who was it scored that now? Uh, who scored the goal against St Johnson? It was like everyone... Was it Jack Amakis scored it? O'Reilly. O'Reilly scored it. Aye, aye. aye. Just everyone... You know, it was just Ange Ball. Right, large kind of things. So that, that was my pick. But what a goal! What a goal to win a, a cup final as well from Kilgore. Yeah. No? Uh, Tom Rodic, as I mentioned, Paddy, he got the the PFA one for his maze against Dundee United. Mm-hmm. Kyogo's goal against Hibs. Uh, both goals against Hibs actually exceptional. But any further thoughts on those? I, I went for McGregor against Michelin for oh, the second one. That was that's just, what a goal. That, that deserved a win at the end of it, didn't uh, it? Just, it, was, yeah. it disappeared it really because did, of the, yeah. the disappointment of getting out. The only time he's had a shot on target this season. I know. It should be terrible. Yeah, it was a, a sweet finish. Um, Abada picks up Young Player of the Year. I think. Uh, by and large, that's deserved. His yeah. stats are incredible to come into this country at such a young age and, and get so many goals and so many assists. He has been off form of recent, um, and I think that's fair to say. But over the piece, James, do you think it's deserved for what he's brought to the table? Yeah, I mean, it's maybe it's worth looking into kind of wingers' consistency. You know, is there such a thing? You know, do they you know have good runs and bad runs, um, and maybe he's just part of that. I, I've liked him since he since he started. I think he's a great talent. Again, you know, this big summer ahead of him, you know, a lot of work to be done. But yeah, I think he's he's going to be a talent for us for years to come. Yeah. yeah. I think it is a huge summer for him, Paddy, because since Maeda's come in the door in January, he starts, you know, mm-hmm. more often than not. And generally the front three will be Maeda, Jota and Stryker, yeah. Hugo or Jack Marcus, whoever Lange decides. Abada has found himself in the fringes all of a sudden. And I think he maybe has struggled to then come in and have a, a huge impact at mm-hmm. different times. There's also been a lot asked of him. And this, you know, this first season here in, in Scotland, he's played maybe more games than he should have, maybe more than was planned for him. He's played through the middle at times, particularly when we went through a bit of a crisis, you know, across That's Christmas. He scored some huge goals, scored some very important ones. He scored the, the very first goal competitively, competitively under Ange against Mitchelland, I think, at Celtic Park. He scored that massive goal against Dundee United to win one now. Um, so he's absolutely played his part. Are you hopeful that he'll kick on again next season? I don't have any doubt, to be honest. I think there is a, definitely a, a very good player there. Um, still learning his trade to an extent as well and, and getting up to the the speed of everything at, um, at Celtic. Um, I think he'll have a good season for us next year. I think, I, as I say, obviously I said what I said about Riley. I'd love to just hope that they all have a great pre-season and, you know, there's not huge amounts of players that we need to bring in still definitely positions need to be filled absolutely but you want to kind of keep this squad together and, and start something with them and, and kind of have that as the focus for the next few seasons mm-hmm. um, on a bad yesterday the one thing that really really annoyed me is how close it was to Jack and Marcus for the, the knock on which he ran in and scored 
He's offside. He's so close to Jack and Marcus, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, read the line, mate. Read yeah. the line. That's the basics, and so easy to do. And your your uh, your opponent's right next to you, and he, he doesn't need to be making that run. He can he's can hold it. Oh, he's got all this all the time in the world. Yeah. Aye, because um, it's a great finish for him as well. Yeah, it just was, in and, mm -hmm. uh, frustrating. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think the hope is that as we get into this summer, rather than the turmoil of signing 15 players, which is a rarity at any club. You're hoping now it's just a few tweaks, couple out, couple in, couple out, couple in over the you know X weeks of the transfer window in summer, and it's just small adjustments, James, to to fine tune what Angie's currently doing. Yeah, and I think it's a wee bit of um, further depth in the squad. Um, I, I think, sorry, Miff, but I think we need to sign a left back, um, and Taylor will be your uh, very able backup to that. But I do, I think we need a Juranovic uh, level left back if we're going to kick on. Um, but it's Getting your Barkas, controversial one maybe, Julian, all these kind of guys who aren't, they're not contributing and they're not going to contribute, so let's change them out. And if you can get four or five of those guys out and off the wage bill, some of them in big earners as well, mm -hmm. then you can bring maybe three or four guys in who are genuinely going to contribute every week. Yeah, yeah, I think that'll be the plan. Um, just going back to award night, very nice touch, Paddy. There was a, a special recognition award for Wim Janssen, um, which his family were there to collect. So nice to see that after Wim sadly passed away earlier this year. And we've touched on it at the time, but you can't deny the huge impact he had, uh, you know, back in 98. And setting the wheels in motion for what we're currently seeing, you know, there, he's played a huge part in Celtic's modern history. Yeah, it instilled belief again in the club. Yeah, he really did. And um, we were all so, so gutted to lose him. Uh, at the end of it, uh, his first season, um, and but what a, a massively important figure for us, um, and obviously yeah, a young age for me when he he, he went on and I alright, I alright, <laughs> but uh, young age for me when he, he went and stopped the ten, but I remember it as clear as day, you know, and that's how pivotal it was for yeah. this club. Happy memories of him, James. Absolutely, I mean, very very happy memories, and it was just that, you know, don't look now, it's the nineties, and that was it, kind of stopping kind of thing he came mm -hmm. in and, and, and set it right and like you say he, he set the the groundwork for what came ahead and that's when Rangers started to do, to do silly things financially yeah. so thanks <laughs> thanks, Will thanks for that um, but yeah nice touch nice of Celtic to to recognise uh, Wim's achievements and nice of his family to be there I believe Paul Lambert also said some very kind words so good to see um, in general terms you know awards are great and I'm sure the, the players have picked them up you know delighted to do so and, and honoured but what you have seen you'll have seen some of the quotes today I'm sure is that when they're all, you know, speaking about it and, you know, you know, thanking people for voting them, they keep referring back to the group. Mm. This wouldn't be possible without my, it's like the Oscars, isn't it? Yeah, put, all like that Tom Rogic, I think, talking about the PFA thing, for example, was saying it could be any one of a number of guys up here. You know, I'm delighted to be here picking up this award for goal of the season, but it's still due to the work of my teammates and, and that's the ethic. And it's not, this isn't staged, Paddy, it's not fake, it's it's how they genuinely believe that, the, you know, the, the team unit is far more important than the individual. Ah, it's definitely not staged and it's, uh, you know, Will Smith's not coming up and slapping him in the face, you know, it's, uh, no. it's this is the reality that they've set and, and it's all down to the hard work that they've all created, um, sorry, uh, sorry, put in and they've created a, a great team spirit. Uh, which is, like I'm saying, it's something we just need to kick on with. You want players joining this team and settling very, very quickly. Um, but as, as I, I've said many times in this, a full pre-season is going to be huge for us, I think. I think it's going to be great. But, but just on that, mm -hmm. the team spirit, I think you're, you're, you're a full pre-season and you're building on that really strong base. Mm -hmm. We watched, watched them a few times, actually, games, but McGregor pre-match taking the guys through their paces. 
they're just so tuned into him, Aye. you know, and they're, they're all working for each other. It's it's amazing what Ange's done, picking that captain and getting that message in, you know, right from the start and all the way through this season. A couple of good wee points, though, from yesterday. I was kind of thinking about um, he McGregor's obviously the one that's going to dictate during the game. He's going to talk to the players, but they all take a turn at it each with each other as well. So, like, uh, the, the three at the back with Hart, Cameron, uh, Carter Vickers and, and uh, Starfelt, the three of them chat at every opportunity given. But what I liked about yesterday was Greg Taylor could have played a pass, played a different pass, and McGregor was right on him. Oh, I saw that, yeah. But Taylor yeah. gave, kind of gave back in a sense that, well, I'd done that, I'd done that, and then it was just like an acceptance, right, come on then, let's just keep the head in the game. And that's kind of, obviously, leaders need to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And what you want to see is just what the reaction is from all of these players. And I just think that it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's healthy for, for I, what they're doing. I agree with that. And I think it's a two-way street. You know, what you wouldn't want is some dictator-type uh, captain who's just barking out yeah. orders and saying, my way or the highway, this is how we do it. And I, I didn't see that in St. McGregor Taylor, but I think if it's him or anyone else, having a wee bit back, you know, mm-hmm. fighting their corner, putting their point across, but then between the two of them, putting it to bed and then saying, that's now done. We move on. I touched on it earlier on with Ralston. As soon as something's done, you move on. Done. The time to work on that is Monday training, yeah. not on Saturday, you know, halfway through a game. Yeah. So I think it's good that they've got this dialogue between them, but they've also got the mentality just to skip on to the next part of the game. Yeah. I think where McGregor was more focused on that, that particular, it might be a different one, but there was one where Taylor didn't invert, which aye, makes it harder. Aye. Makes it harder for Maeda to have his options. Yeah. And I think he was saying, you know where you need to be. Mm-hmm. So maybe Taylor, the reason why he was covering something else, but Ange wants that inversion, so that's what he was reminding him of. He was targeted again yesterday, Taylor Aye. with a long ball, and he, I think he, I think he won every header. Yeah, he, did he, really was, well. he was really good against it, and that they've, they've done that to him every time they've played. Yeah, played as a game. season. Uh, it's a fair play to Taylor yesterday. Fair play for a number of reasons, just you know, stepping up mentally and, mm-hmm. and embracing everything Ange's trying to do. And we covered that last week, but you know whether Taylor and and Ralston have the quality or not. But listen, the challenge is there for them. Mm-hmm. Ange will give them every chance, mm-hmm. but what they have done is stepped up and more often than not when required they've answered all the critics this season Big so time. fair play to both of those lads um, James I was just going to finish this piece just you know talking about ind- individual trophies and you know all been well and good but the real focus now is the big trophy the Scottish Premiership trophy and that's where all the focus will be for Callum McGregor and his teammates yeah it's a funny one you know because nothing's done until it's done but it is done you know it's so strange hold on a minute <laughs> let's just rewind nothing's done until it's done but it's done but do you know what I mean? It's I've, I've never <laughs> it's a really two thirds and a third. I know. I've never really felt this way uh, coming to the end of a season because you know you're going to do it. There's there's no way they're going to need to lose all three games. I think you know te- technically heavily could, could I um, seven so, you know so you know you're going to do it. Um, it's just a strange feeling. Like I say, going you know, up to the ground yesterday it was kind of anticipation, and that's still extant. And we hope we just kind of push on and get it done early it's going to mean potentially a kind of Dundee United away um, title winning but then we'll get it back to uh, Celtic as a Motherwell who park yeah. in the 14th Hearts yeah. on Saturday Dundee United a week on Wednesday and then Motherwell on the 14th. 11th no Motherwell 14th 14th sorry yeah, Dundee yeah. United 11th Motherwell 14th yeah um, yeah it has a strange headspace James because you're, you're just about there but you're not there. there, so you don't want to <laughs> jump the gun. Uh, Paddy, as I mentioned there, it's Hearts at Celtic Park on Saturday. It's a 12 noon kickoff. Again, the win doesn't guarantee the league mathematically. And I think, as always, Ange and the players will just be fully focused on get the three points and what will be will be after that. Yeah, I think it'll be a difficult game on Saturday. Um, more just down to the point that it's, it's Hearts. They'll want to try and come up against us. But also, 
this is probably their marker for where they need to be for the final against Rangers. Mm. So I think they'll be they'll set up quite quite strong against us. Um, from what I heard, they kind of rested a few at the weekend and, and they've kind of taken the foot off the gas a wee bit in their last few games because they're not, they're not going to do anything else mm-hmm. other than finish third. Um, so yeah, I think it would be quite a hard game. Um, but that's, you know, you need to win every game. You need to you need to go in and believe that you can do it and we certainly can beat them. Um, I don't I don't have much worries. I think for me against Hearts, I'd like to see Jack and Marcus start. I think mm, against like their so. back line, he's, mm. he, uh, he's bullied them before uh, and I just think he'll be, he'll be huge and Celtic part on Saturday um, will be right behind that team um, just to push them over the line because we're we're so close now. Yeah. James, as Paddy says, it won't be an easy game and, and Hearts have, they've clearly been the third force in the country this season. I think there's a 17 point gap between them and Dundee United and fourth. They've got a Scottish Cup fight to look forward to. Um, whether they rest players or not, it'll be a tough game and anyone that's playing for Hearts will want to show that they're worthy of a place in the Cup final. So it'll be a tough one. I think we'll absolutely demolish them. Okay. Moving <laughs> 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 on. Nah. We'll cover the Dundee United game now. And went third. <laughs> and went third. All four of them. All four. Jeez, I'd, I'd, I'd worked in my script there. I'd built it all up, Paddy. 17 points. Best, third best in the country. Done. Um, <laughs> nah, I just, I, I think Angela them just so up for it because get these two games out of the way. You're champions that nobody thought you could be. So um, I think they'll just go and blow them away. Right, yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Sorry for being a positive Celtic fan. <laughs> uh, Paddy, in terms of how Celtic approach it, should there be any notable changes? So we've spoken about Hattati. He would seem the obvious one, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, and there's options there. You know, we've debated about, you know, Turnbull. We've not seen much of Gucci. You know, Beaton's around. But there are options. So it's not like Angie's got nobody to choose from. He can make some changes if he wants to. So Hattati would seem the obvious one. And there is the ongoing Kyogo Jakimakis debate, and I think that will rumble on as, as, as long as those two guys are both fit. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't see Ange playing them both together. I don't no, think that works. That doesn't work. So I think it's one or the other. And as long as those two guys are at Celtic, that will be the debate. True. Um, I, I kind of like to see him try it though. Three five uh, two. Aye, something. Why not? Why not? Um, maybe not. Obviously, a four two four. Just fire them up there and <laughs> see what happens. See what happens. Gung ho. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think. Uh, I definitely think that the, the two of them could possibly work, whether it's maybe even Furahashi just coming in off the left. Um, would, obviously, I think he's a lot more wasted out there, definitely. But I think it's, it would be good to see him um, up top all the time. But I'm pretty sure um, one of the games, can't remember who it was, but they brought Maeda in kind of next to Jack and Marcus. And it, it looked all right, you know. Mm. It, it didn't look out of, out of shape in like any way. They uh, two seem to click quite well. What I would yeah, say about like Kyogo, I, I just think it, any level of football, you should always play to your player's strength. Mm-hmm. And I think, <laughs> it'd be too dismissive, but I think when Kyogo's out in the left, he's murder. Right. Aye. I think he looks a bit all at sea. And see, when you're asking him to get the ball out his feet and link up and, and find a pass or a cross, it's, like not, it's not his game. No. You're asking somebody to do something that they're not comfy at. His best thing is latching onto chances and being alert and, you know, being technically gifted in and around the box. Jack and Marcus is a different skill set that we've spoken about. And... Yeah, as much as I, if required, Ange might throw them in or he might test the water with it mm-hmm. pre-season. I don't think it's a move from what we've seen of these guys. I just think Celtic will play with A, number nine, and it'll be one or the other, and that'll just be the way that moves forward. But it's, it's a, not even a, really a debate to be had because you're going to see them, said last week, you're going to see them both anyway. You just, one will get 60, one will get 30, and it's a totally different challenge for the defenders to handle when they've had a 
big guy, you know, roughing them up, and then a wee guy coming on to nip around about them, mm. or vice versa. So right. that is, that's going to be the style of that. Maybe, you know, if there's some kind of experiment in pre-season games or something, we could try a 3-5-2, but I'm delighted to have that, you know, switch in every game. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And maybe the bigger challenge of that will be keeping both guys happy. Because see, if you're a number nine, you want all the minutes to get all the goals you can. That's just that's just how you live as a striker. It's all about, you know, clocking up your tally. And I think even Kyogo, you know, did have a great game yesterday, but disappointed to go off, you know, mm. accepting of the fact that he's gone off. But you could see he was disappointed. And Jack Amakis, you can tell by the way he carried himself, he won't be happy to be a, a sub more often than not. So, but mm. what I would say on that note is that Ange has shown man management wise across this season that he has the skill set to keep a squad happy and keep that harmony and I think he'll he'll do his work in that area I think that team spiritedness we spoke about earlier on bleeds into this a lot I mean yeah. when uh, when we got our goal yesterday Jack and Max was going bananas on the oh, bench you yeah. know so he's, he's he's up for it and he's into the, the team spirit of all I think that is, is what's going to keep players happy and knowing that you know that that's not your position that's yours and your competitor's position for that that spot and it'll always be that way yeah. it's not you know, like it's going to change so mm-hmm. nah I'm happy with it and it seems most of the players are as well kind of goes back to what um, Ange was saying earlier on in the season he says he, he doesn't have backups everyone's involved in the team you know everyone is, plays a part of of the, 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 the full squad and I don't think there's many sitting there unhappy, um, unless obviously they're the ones that just, you know, are ready to leave. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I generally believe that it's more a case of, like I said earlier on, it's two very good strikers and I wouldn't be surprised if they're told that we play week in, week out here. It's a fast, fast-paced game. We've got Europe um, and we've got all the cup competitions, which we are, in a sense, expected to go and try and win yeah. every, every attempt. You will be used. Yeah. And I just think that's possibly the selling mark that Celtic have to give to not just the strikers, but to, to all the players that join. You know, yeah. it's... You're right, there's about 60 games a season at Celtic. Yeah, it used to be 35 and stuff like that. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's totally changed. There is lots of football to be played and you can't get by with one striker, one right back, one centre half, whatever. So, yeah, as I say, I'm confident that Andrew will be saying the right things to players to keep keep them all fully motivated. Um, I'd mentioned there briefly, um, just, you know, the next three fixtures, obviously, Hearts, first of all, Tannadice on Wednesday, 8th of May, and then back to Celtic Park to face Motherwell on the 11th. But I've got a feeling that Ange and the players won't even have entertained those other two games. All the focus must surely be on Hearts. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the reason they've been so successful is they've kept that steely focus on the next game in every competition. They've not let their, their eyes drift on the horizon. So, that's all it'll be. Go and win that one and then we'll start to prepare for the next one. So nothing will change there. Yeah. Um, Apart from the dates that you got wrong. The dates, yeah. they, they will change they will to, change to, to the connecting calendar there. <laughs> um, <laughs> just as we're starting to wrap this one up, just a wee bit of AOB, which I thoroughly enjoyed today. Did you see Dan Tosney's reply on Twitter to oh, Ewan Murray? Oh, Murray. No, no, no. <laughs> Check it out, Paddy. It is right. beautiful. <laughs> so Ewan Murray, the journalist, who always likes to have a wee snide at Celtic for some reason. Stick to golf. But why? Yeah. You know, just, just enjoy, you know, Excellence. So, not sure, but he, he seems to <laughs> pick his moments. And he basically came out today and said, Listen, what Angie's done this year, yeah, it's all well and good, but hardly a miracle. Q Dan Tosney on Twitter, good guy, uh, replying with a headline from a Ewan Murray article earlier in the season, which states, Postacoglu will need to work a miracle to the Night Rangers on another <laughs> title. And absolutely clamps him. And it was just, it was beautiful to see. Um, but that, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, Celtic are. You know, within touching distance of this title, sweeping the boards with all the awards, and some people, for some reason, still feel the need to just put their wee bit in. It's a horrible way to live your life, isn't it? Just, just no joy. 
Yeah, it's just a strange approach. But check it out, Paddy, uh, after the show. It'll brighten up your, your evening. <laughs> James, 35 games done, three to go. What are you saying as we start to wrap this one up for the day? It's not done till it's done, but it's done. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just, you know, we've been really fortunate. It's one of the best seasons of football I've ever seen as a Celtic fan. I've thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it. I've never looked forward to games as much as I do. And maybe there's a bit of kind of COVID comes in that as well, kind of getting back to football or whatever. But... And you know, the players have given us so much to be happy happy with and, you know, another couple of games and it's done. Yeah, and just giving you your love of football back. Is that fair? Uh, Paddy, we're on the home straight. How are you feeling? It's been natural order for our, this team in my, my lifetime that we've, we've dictated everything. Um, and I think probably this one would be the sweetest. Yeah. That's it. Sorry, but you and your young lifetime, we had to get through the 90s I and all know. that. Oh, don't start that, pal. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic does here. <laughs> so Angie and Celtic are back at Celtic Park on Saturday and we'll be looking to prove beyond doubt that we're the best team in the country. Hearts stand in their way and we know that won't be an easy one, but don't bet against Calmack and Co getting the job done to secure an incredible 10th Scottish League title in 11 years. Thanks to James and Paddy for joining me today and thanks to you for your continuing support of the Celtic Exchange. If you're enjoying the show and want to help us spread the word, please share this episode far and wide with your Celtic supporting pals. It really goes a long way to helping us do what we do. But in the meantime, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Network.